1: Hello Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Podcast. Before we uh, get to the usual previewing and recapping, uh, me and Jakub actually have to talk about a certain guy who had a huge run in an ATP event and therefore breaks the top 100.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about him. Christopher Eubanks is now a top 100 player after his incredible run to the Miami quarterfinals as a qualifier. Uh, in qualifying, he beat Schalbach, then Lukash Klein in the third set tiebreak. He got, he got through that one. In the main draw, he beat Kudla, Chorić, Barer, and Manarino, only losing to Medvedev. The Barer win I was particularly impressed with because uh, it, was a, it was a restart after a rain delay. And I think he found himself like, he, he was 2-5 down when they started in, in the second set tiebreaker. He was 2-6 down. He came back to win that one 9-7, which was unbelievable. Then he gets to the, the Manarino match as well up to number 85, I think. Anyway, absolutely incredible from you, Banks. What, what did you think of this run?
1: Yeah, um, he was actually like, we were both tipping him quite heavily to break the top 100 this year because, well, yeah. he put himself in a fantastic position by having that super strong patch at the end of last year. But then there was actually a moment where it started looking dangerous, you know, especially when he lost to Andreotti Monterrey uh, Lopez in Acapulco. Uh, I can't even say semi-retired Feliciano Lopez. By this point, he's like 95% retired. <laughs> Indian Wells qualifying, he loses to Indian uh, to to Martyr. And in Miami, he, yeah, he's not even in the main draw. He barely beats Lukas Klein in the open in the qualifying. Which of course is, doesn't mean that he wasn't like out of form or something. Uh Eubanks against Klein is always going to be close with their serves. And yeah, even though there maybe wasn't like any standout win uh, you know, beating, beating Manarino. These are still some of the best scalps that yeah. Christopher Eubanks has ever produced. In fact, probably the best, right? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the one against, against Czoric was his first top, top 20 win. Um, anyway, um, he, he even played Medvedev pretty close, I think, um, compared to like Medvedev against Alice. Uh, I think Eubanks actually did, did much better. I, I'm comparing these two because they're sort of like similar players when it comes to facing Medvedev. Like The big question is whether he can neutralize their serves. He could uh but he did it more effectively against others so yeah uh he's done it he he definitely deserves it seems to be a standout guy as well uh you know so many people from uh even not from tennis or even not from sport congratulating him and of course he's also done some good work as a pundit for tennis channel and uh you know has a career there after after he retires for now he can enjoy his top 100 stay whether it's actually going to last, uh, for more than, uh, 12 months, we're going to see. But of course, with the Miami points, uh, he has a, um, at least 12 months of playing ATP tour events, uh, pretty much secured. If only he can like, you know, produce any, re- any results. And with his serve, frankly, he seems like the kind of guy who will win some matches on the ATP tour. Like he's not going to do a Chunsin Tseng. I don't think he's going to win ATP tour events or something, but. You know, he, mm-hmm. he he will win some matches. That's simply how it goes with the sort of game profile, I think.
0: Yeah, I think he definitely has the potential to stick around now that he's finally broken through. You know, 26 years old, going on to 27. Maybe people are starting to wonder if it was ever going to happen for for Eubanks. Uh I get to see him live. I remember at, at an ITF in LA, which was very exciting uh a few years ago. Um, it is it is just great to see him come through like this. Everybody that has like spoken to and says he's like the nicest guy ever yeah. he makes this friendship with Jamie Foxx during his run which was <laughs> pretty, pretty wild uh but yeah just just an amazing story for for Eubanks
1: yeah and also uh you know since we're on Cracked Rockets uh we kind of have to say also that he's yet another top 100 breakthrough uh who played college for Georgia Tech Yeah. so um you know just ha- has to be mentioned on the Cracked podcast. podcast I think
0: <laughs> have to yeah
1: now uh, yeah and i guess that's um that's how we're gonna stop the eubanks talk and actually get into the challenger events <laughs> which uh perhaps we're not gonna really see christopher eubanks in for at least a while anyway uh we had a couple of 125s this week so i guess it's your call whether we're starting with mexico city or sanremo
0: so let's start with the one where where I didn't get a point with the more surprising <laughs> uh title winner in Mexico City. We had Dominique out of qualifying win the whole damn thing, beating Tiago Agustin Tirante two six, six four, six two in the final, his third challenger title. As you tweeted, now he has one on each surface, which is pretty interesting. When I I'm almost certain he was the only one to have only one on each surface.
1: Alex Bolt as well.
0: Yeah, just like a really bizarre statistic, but the, the conditions suited him very well. In the qualifying, he beat <coughs> excuse me, he beat Aboyan 6-4 in the third, then drops just four games against Popko, beats Noguchi, battles very hard to beat Barrios Vera, battles even harder to beat gaio in the third set-breaker, then beats Neukriest, and gets this great win, up 82 spots, to number 180, this is a huge tournament for him, puts him right back into the slam uh, qualities right back into the challenger main draws like this is great for him what did you think of Kipfer this week
1: yeah he was 0-3 and three for the year of course coming back from yet another injury issue and never you know, not really finding it easy to get a win on the board despite some close matches like against Altmaier especially in Puerto Vallarta and then he is almost out to Valerio Aboyan here which uh, like he was really he kind of deserved to go out there. Like He was down 2-4, I think, or 1-3 in the third set. He was definitely struggling a bit to adapt to these altitude clay um, conditions. And then uh, suddenly something clicks. Of course, he's, he also has to come back from a set, and, uh, like from a breakdown in the decider against Cayo. Uh barely wins the final against Tiranta. There were three breakpoints that he like needed to save. Otherwise, the Argentinian would have served for the match. Uh, but still, yeah, as you said, it's, it's such a huge win gets back into the top 100. Uh, we had a, a question like, um, it, it wasn't a question for the podcast a few weeks back, but it was a question I just read out to you. And we sort of were wondering, there was a list of players mm-hmm. who, um, like what, what were the chances to return to the top 100? And we basically said like that the only guy who realistically can do it is Kepfer. Uh, mostly because yeah, he was yeah. just younger than all the other guys, but you know, with with these sort of results, of course, he he puts himself into contention again. Uh, one twenty-five points is like what 20 um, percent uh, or or something, maybe even more than than what you need to do to to break it. So, um, even more than twenty. For, no, 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 I can't count. In uh, more than twenty, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, just, just a fantastic result for him, even. And it was, as you said, just completely unexpected. Certainly no one would have even thought of picking him to claim this title. And you're right that, uh, he now has uh, a challenger title on hard clay and grass. There are actually 11 players like this. And yeah, Alex Bolt and Kepfer are the only ones who have three titles and one on each surface.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it just shows you that you really can't write people off in tennis unless there's been an injury that is debilitating going forward, or if it's an age issue. Because Kepfer, I mean, he looked down and out for most of last season outside of that good run that he had. At at the end of last year, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, like like the first half was rough. Here again, it was looking rough uh, in the first half. But, you know, we've seen him have extreme highs that i don't think he will repeat again i don't think he's getting anywhere near the top 50 again yeah and we've seen him have these extreme lows i think that we will mostly see him be somewhere in the middle of these for the next couple of years
1: yeah like at least um i don't know a solid challenger player with maybe some atp tour yeah. uh showings like that that's very believable um i also definitely a, a expecting... couple more titles
0: for him coming oh in, yeah in, in the coming years i'm also large, not really
1: sure. not really expecting him to be back in the top 50 uh, either
0: yeah um as for our finalist tirante this was also huge for him his fifth challenger final uh one in four in those finals this was the first time he was the higher ranked player though the other ones he was up against the likes of Echeverri in there and like really quite tough opposition um, on his run here, he started by beating Bernard Tomic, uh, or Tomic 6-2, 6 then took out Olivo, Mejia in a third set tiebreaker, koinski as well in a big battle, 6-4 in the third. koinski who I think breaks the top 200 now, by the way. Huge for him. Uh, but for Tirante, up 35 spots, number 199, so a return to the top 200. What did you think of the Argentine this week?
1: Yeah, this this is like the one altitude clay run he gets a year, right? <laughs> uh, of course this would have been if if he took the title, uh, this would have been also pretty funny that he would have had two two challenger titles and both on over two thousand meter altitude. Uh, but you know it makes sense. It's just way easier for him to hide the backhand, the serve is so huge. And yeah, just a big, big missed chance for him in the open in the in the final, frankly. Uh, Kepfer for a set and a half was playing more or less as well as he was last year in that final against Mo in Kerry. Like uh, He was really having a bit of a horror show for a set and a half. Uh, but yeah, Tirante I don't even know if led him back into the match, but he uh, didn't do anything on these three breakpoints, which frankly, you know, there there wasn't much he could do. Uh, but after that, uh, yeah, when Kepfer got more steady, Tirante just did, wasn't able to... Um, um, yeah, just wasn't able to keep up with him anymore, uh, which I guess is also fair because he he is not good against lefties with that backhand, uh, but still a huge run, as you said. And um, I hope that he can somehow, you know, <laughs> I don't know, because when this forehand is firing, like it was in the final for uh, at least the set, I would say. Uh, Is just a real beauty and I hope he can somehow get things going for him, but um, yeah, with such an easy to expose liability as he has, it's been tough and it's not really that surprising that he hasn't, you know, um, maybe hasn't progressed as much as we thought he would have, um, you know, especially given his uh, results in the juniors and also how well he started on on the Challenger Tour. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this is, this definitely helps, of course, anyway.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about our semi-finalists, starting with Maximilian Neukrist, who I think is an amazing story going on, uh, semi-finals as a qualifier. He started by beating Haide and Benjamin Locke in qualifying. Then in the main draw, he took out Kruger, Mellijeni Alves and Bellier. his best result of the season. Of course, he had the massive run at the Maya Challenger, where he reached the final beating Borges. Taking a set of Vanash. He's now up to number two hundred and six, which is the highest he has ever been ranked. He's 31 years old. And he's going to play his first time qualifying since US Open 2018, which was the only time that he had ever played it before. Uh so not quite a debut for him, but definitely a return to to grace higher than he had ever ranked before. Now he probably has two guaranteed uh some qualifyings in French Open and Wimbledon. Uh but yeah, what did you think of No Chris's run this week?
1: yeah um uh, someone actually asked me on twitter this week uh, like what has changed in neukrist um, i i don't know if anything has you know he he got an amazing absolutely amazing run when he was just grinding out incredible wins right usually you think of him as like a big serve some servant volley a slice kind of guy there he was just running from corner to corner in maya <laughs> And, uh, and somehow beating guys like Borges or Skatov in, you know, in over three-hour battles. And uh, yeah, this run just allowed him to get to the challenger level. And it turns out that he can actually fare quite well. I guess we sort of knew that given the fact, you know, in Salzburg last year, he of course had yeah. that uh, fantastic win over Karbais Bayna as well. So I guess it makes sense that once he is at this level, he's going to do pretty well. Um, altitude is good for him with the serve, of course. So, um, yeah, very nice run uh, beating Baliere, who is also uh, one of the altitude clay goats, uh, just was very efficient in the tie breaks this weekend. I guess that's, that kind of got him over the line five and one uh, altogether. No, actually six and one even.
0: Yeah, really brilliant stuff. I'm I'm happy that he's getting this, this type of opportunity again, um, yeah, let's talk about Jan Koinsky, who had an amazing run as well. He, As I mentioned, he breaks the top 200 now. His second challenger semifinal this season on this run, he beat Galarno 6-2, 6-2, uh, beat Daniel Elahigalan 6-2 in the third, took out Coacos 6-1, 6-2, and then lost in a very, very tight match to Tirante. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Koinsky this week?
1: Yeah, uh, his run kinda like when you just look at the list of his opponents, it really reads out as a very strong path, right? I mean, on altitude clay, you never really know, I guess, who's gonna fare well, mm-hmm. who's, who's not. But I think Galan was, was certainly one of the potential contenders for the title. So it's a very solid win for, uh, Hoinski. Uh, yeah, no, he, he, he serves well. And sometimes on altitude clay, that's, that's kinda enough. Uh, I was maybe a bit surprised with how um, he was just able to control his game as well, because, you know, with the ball flying like it is in Mexico City um, for a lot of players, you know, it's just not easy. I'm not sure if he's ever had like any um, big results on altitude or or if if he's ever played that much, but... Uh, certainly, this uh, this call so far has worked for him. You know, to to travel to to Mexico, we'll see if if inside Luis Potosí can also do it. I I actually see he's playing Mena and even priced as favorite, so that that kind of tells you yeah. uh, something. You know, when 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 Men, you're Mena
0: playing is the... at two, yeah that's two twenty and Ikhoneski one sixty. altitude clay
1: really goes uh, is not respected right now. <laughs> yeah (laughs) or it's actually Koinski who just gained so much right
0: yeah maybe he's taking over the title who knows i I guess we'll find out pretty soon in in some ways yeah a little preview for you there uh but yeah over in the doubles we had arias and ceballos when their first challenger title of the season their third one together they were actually four and eight coming into this tournament which was interesting and they beat some quality Teams like Goran and McLaughlin, who've been one of the best teams of the of the season, uh, in the final here they beat Evan King and Reese Stolder, Their second final together after winning the Mass Palomas Challenger at the end of the year. Uh, let's go to Sanremo, the 125 where I did get a point with Luca Vanash beating Juan Pablo Varillas 6-1, 6-3. Vanash real breakout prospect here, third Challenger title, uh, sixth final at just 18 years old, still all in the past six months, pretty much. Uh, on this run here, he started with actually dropping a set to Ryan Peniston, which was interesting, uh, but he came back to win that one, 6 two in the third. Then from there beats Fonio, 6-3, 6, three, six three. Muller, six two six one 2 6-1, Shiva, 7 six, six, two. Now up 17, spots number 91, breaking the top 100 as the youngest new member. Uh, yeah, what do you think of Anash overall this week? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, not happy that you got the point. Um, as you said against Penny Stone, the opening set, I think he was just you know just needed more time to get used to. Um, well, I can't really say get used to the clay because I read today that he had like a very long training period on the dirt, like three weeks after Paul. Uh, so I can't really say that, but you know just maybe getting used to just uh, playing matches again. Uh, yeah, but since that he was kind of. Uh, almost unstoppable, I would say, for most of these fire. players. Um, you know, I still have my reservations, like how he'll do on the main tour, uh, whether this will work against ATP level power. I think we might see a Sin Sang situation, but I do have to say that if if he if, if it really happens, I think Vanash would bounce back quicker than the Taiwanese has. Uh, of course, his best chances on the ATP tour seem to be on clay. And maybe soon we're actually going to see him produce some good wins. I think he's playing Eshtoril now. with um, And he's playing uh, in the opening round against Pedro Souza, who's similarly to Feliciano Lopez, like 90% retired. He's actually going to retire uh, this month, I think. Uh, so um, for sure, a fantastic opportunity for Van if Only he's not tired. Uh, you know, um, the fact that his win streak has contained... The, the, the 10 wins that he's gotten, so the 125 points in Po, 125 points in Sanremo, uh, the 10 match win streak that he's gotten uh, has included wins over Umber, Rindernech, Varias, This must be a good sign, right? And uh, yeah, we are both pretty certain after the end of last year that uh, Vanash was going to break the top 100 this year. He's done it pretty smoothly, although, of course, the, the beginning of the year wasn't that great. He played some uh, higher tier events when he was in challengers, even he was losing, you know, to No, to Escoffier, uh, to Fed- Federico Coria in Auckland, Auckland Qualies, of course, not um, a challenger, but still, I think it kind of has to be mentioned that this was a pretty poor loss for his standards on hardcourts even, but yeah, just claiming back to back Challenger 125s uh changed it uh turned it around for him and yeah kudos to him for uh, to just uh making uh making sure that this advantage of just uh, having so little to defend until the end of the year was capitalized on so quickly and he basically can be an ATP Tour player by you know for the whole clay season
0: yeah I mean I'm, I'm just looking at what, what he's defending there's there's semis in in June Amherstford quarters in in july but so few points yes yeah. and then up, Lees- up until the beginning of october yeah uh yeah i mean this is such an opportunity for him i agree that you know he he, he probably grinds more than than you'd want him to at, at, at this level uh to win points but i just feel like the shot making is there a lot more than it was with with, with Seng when he was breaking out and with Seng when, than this now We've seen it. What it looks like when his when his confidence drops off a bit and he takes losses, like he did to Korea in Auckland that was poor. Uh, so he had this little wobble at the beginning of the year. But I think on clay, I think he'll be very tough to beat, even on the ATP level. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make like second week of Roland Garros or something with the right draw. It, you know, it, this you know year? it all depends on what. The, uh, this year, I, I, I think it's possible. Like Holy if sh- he gets like a, if he gets like a wobbly seed, I think that he could make it to the fourth round. Holy, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a no. lot higher. Like, like I, I agree that we could see him struggle against the TP power when
1: it comes to hard no, courts, when it comes he... to indoor hard. Second week of I... round, Garros is bold. Um by the way, in Nashtori he's gonna it, play Davidovich Fokina in the second round. How would you like his chances in that one?
0: I, I think that's like you know obviously maybe there's fatigue or whatever for Vanash, mm-hmm. but like full strength that's like 50 50 to me but I actually, actually agree funny. it's
1: super win I actually agree it's super winnable like just with the sort of um shot selection issues that David Davidchokina has I actually think yeah it, it, I do agree yeah. that it's super winnable actually um I, well I mean we'll see
0: anyway yeah that, that, that was a bold take I I sent that like per cell top 40 take earlier today on Twitter.
1: I don't think that's actually bold because it doesn't even, uh, you know, the fact that Purcell can reach the top 40 doesn't even mean that you will, that you believe that he's going to be doing well on the ATP tour because he can literally get there with challengers. I remember this one year (laughs) when Yeon Chung, I think in 2015 got to 49.
0: Isn't it as well? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeon Chung got to uh, 49 playing challengers only, then did terribly on the ATP tour, fell back, uh, you know, outside the top 100. And then, of course, the Australian Open 2018 came along and like some other huge results. Uh, But you can essentially, when you have a situation like Purcell right now, I think you can get to like the top 40 getting, I don't know, one or two good main tour runs or even maybe not when you're playing, you know, all these events like, I mean, we're going to get to Purcell.
0: (laughs) Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to Purcell, but yeah. Uh um, all right, who do we talk about now? Varias, he was the finalist in San his tenth challenger final five and five overall, his first of the season. Uh he beat Federico Arnaboldi in the first round, then beat Pellegrinos six four one six six one. Came back from a set down against Valasori, who had another really solid showing as a qualifier, beat out Kimer Copeans in the semis. He's down one spot, number 89, because he was defending both the Santa Cruz final and the Pereira semifinals over this two week period. So he he almost got there. I think he actually got five points more, but he was overtaken. So that's why he dropped five point. But, you know, really solid from Vargas, who I've seen as mostly struggling. The standout wins still aren't really there, but I think this is definitely a good step in the right direction for him.
1: The standout wins aren't really there, I mean, in Buenos Aires. Um, but well, anyway, yeah, in 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 this run, I meant. You know. ah, in this run, um, I mean, he played Vavasori, Peregrino, Copeans It's a pretty decent field. Uh, he was definitely shaky at the beginning of the week. Uh, there were some rumors about about an injury. I'm sorry, I cannot remember at this uh point in time like what it was. I think it m- maybe still impacted him in the final he definitely did not seem alright at times he was wildly off for most of that not taking away you know anything away from Vanash because um yeah he he didn't really give him anything either uh but um yeah I figured that maybe after he played his best match of the week against Kopejans in the semis that maybe the the issues were gone but um, again, he had a bit of a stinker in the final, which has been fa- happening with Farias uh, quite a lot. Of course, last year, he had these performances with job and, uh, Hoinsky. Uh, so, so maybe that's a bit of a um, theme as well, but yeah, sure. We, we didn't believe in him. Uh, as the top seed we didn't pick him uh, and we are almost wrong there but uh certainly you would expect that final to be a lot closer and this was um you know at least not a good day at the office for him maybe maybe something physical as well
0: yeah i mean one of us was wrong one of us wasn't uh but moving <laughs> on to this same.
1: <laughs> I mean, in, <laughs> we the got fact, to in the, the fact that we didn't believe in him, but yes. okay, okay, you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, I, I didn't believe in him. I'm, i I, was, I was wrong. I mean, he, he, played, he played decently enough
1: this week. I was just so, because, like, him losing to Guido Pea, who I, I think you mentioned that that you cannot possibly like even fathom the, the like... option of picking him after losing to Guido Pea.
0: Like so, so, so Guido Pea, like his condition, I don't know if it's been reversed somehow, but like his condition was like his joints were starting to stiffen. So I assumed that we were going to sort of get like a farewell tour. I mean, he he's like three and five, so like he's winning yeah. some matches, but like I assumed that he was essentially done uh, playing, you know, competitive tennis. So that's why maybe I was uh, so impacted by that Varias uh, loss to him. But uh, anyway. Moving over to the semifinals, we have Kimer who started in qualifying, beating Jacopo Berrettini and Viktor Durasovic, both in straight sets, then gave a warm welcome back to the Challenger Tour to Aslan Karatsev, taking him out in three sets, beat Ofner 6-4-7-5, beat Piroz 7-6 in the third set. Brilliant, really strong run to so his first Challenger semifinal since August last year in Toulouse. What did you think of Kimer this week?
1: Yeah, I think we've been sort of saying since, uh, probably since Sekesh vehrwaard that Kopejans um, is playing a bit better than his results suggest, so I'm glad he finally showed it, uh, also in his results. Um, finally, a win over piros who had beaten him twice in close matches. It seems like any time they play, it's like, um, you know, a thrilling encounter, like it was in Hungary, which of course is so live. And yeah, the match against Karatsev, I think, wasn't really on his racket, frankly. And uh, by the way, shout out to this guy who on Twitter this week um, sent me. He was in Sanremo. Uh, the, the guy's name is Diego. And he was like doing in some interviews with players. And he sent me a couple of them just like asking for feedback or something like that. And uh, they were, of course, pretty cool. And uh, one of them was with Kimer Kopeyans, who I think agreed with me that uh, like, you know, the match uh, was uh, maybe not necessarily on his racket against Karadze, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, he 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 needed a run like that for sure. Other than the Antalya quarterfinal, which was very random as well, because he came back from against Kolash again from one one to uh, you know one five in the third, uh, he didn't really. No, has hadn't really achieved anything this year, so uh, certainly quite huge for him. And uh, yeah, I just hoped he'd play Varillas more, uh, more closer, like you know, closer. I um, after after the first three rounds of Varias where he was constantly struggling, I figured that Kobans should be able to, like, if not beat him, then you know at least uh playing very close and it was actually uh, mm-hmm. probably even um easier for Varias than the scoreline suggests like he was 5-1 up in the first and etc something like that i think maybe even 5-2 in yeah. the second as well yeah
0: also huge for the he's now back in the top 200 with this run as well uh number one ninety six working Kopeyan's up 29 spots the other semifinals was Vít Kopshiva, who we mentioned in the in the draw preview because he was surrounded by Italians. Him and seven other Italians in his section. Well, guess what? He made it out of there. Uh, beating Chekinato Nato 6-4-6-4, Koboli 6-3-6-1 and Magell 6-4-6-3. Really impressive showing. Uh, lost to Van Asch in straight sets, but his second challenger semifinal in 2023. What did you think of Kopshiva this week?
1: Yeah, and Kupchiva has already lost in Marrakesh Qualis today to the 16-year-old Mar- Moroccan superstar, apparently. But not talking yeah, about that. Did, did, did,
0: did you see Did you see that match
1: point video? Because that was. I mean, like a huge I saw the match point. Like... I saw the match point like live, but. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the crowd was like uh, insane the whole match actually. And uh, yeah, uh in Sanremo, Mokovva did very well, I think um he had the chance to stop Vanash from getting to the top 100. Uh, Alexander Kovacevic was his biggest supporter on Saturday because if Vanash lost to Kupchiva, then Kovacevic would have broken the top 100. Of course, it didn't materialize, but um, yeah, getting out of that Italian section was very impressive. Tricinato, Coboli, Mager, all taken out super cleanly. Uh, you know, against Vanash, I think he just um, Kupchiva plays so fast of the ground, and it just wasn't really consistent enough against the Frenchman. At least not on the day, but. Uh, of course, he's a pretty high quality player and uh, even more of a reason to f- watch Red Abednani to- tomorrow because, you know, get a win over Kopriva on clay courts is actually yeah, a super impressive thing.
0: Yeah, uh, over in the doubles we had uh, Korna and Shkugor win their second Challenger title together. Uh, Korna is now the new number one in the Challenger race in the solo doubles rankings. Uh, after the first round, they dropped just 16 games in their last uh, three matches, so quarters onwards, uh, including a finals win over Czacic and Timeline at their first tournament together since 2020, where they went 0-2 uh, in, in the fall. So interesting that they're teaming up, but yeah, made the finals here. We go over to Lille, where we had a nice huge final with another point, this time for both of us. Otto Vitanen winning the title, beating Max Purcell 6-7, 6-4, 6-2. Vitanen's third challenger title, 3-0 on this run. He beat Kuzmanov, uh, 6-2 in the third, then took out Huang and Sachko in uh, two qualifiers back to back. Uh, Rodionov, he beat 6-3, 6-1 in the semis. He moves up 30 spots over 109, 59 points away from breaking the top 100. What did you think of Vytanen this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty incredible after that Lugano title, frankly. and. I have to give him a lot of praise for the final performance. He was 5-2 up in the first and lost that lead, which doesn't sound like something praiseworthy. And then uh, there were a few games where I thought he was just going to throw in the towel, like maybe not necessarily retire, but his patience, his uh, discipline was completely gone after blowing that first set but he survived that moment and honestly the last set and a half just played incredible he uh, like knew exactly when to grind with Purcell then suddenly came up with some absurd you know huge forehands that just landed in the corner and um yeah of course the serve was uh, was as massive as ever as well Uh, This is something that we've been saying about Ritvanen over the past like um, a year, you know, half a year or so. This is something also that I've talked to him in Vilnius when we had him on on the show sort of. And um, you can see that he is definitely trying to play smarter. He is definitely choosing better moments to attack, not necessarily relying on the big weapons anymore all the time. So, um yeah, it's made him a completely different player and uh, he will be in the top 100 very soon, probably. And something that is very, um, like, he is not defending anything until late May, but of course it's not, um, like, it, it's not a given that he's going to have uh, many, like, get many points on clay, although he has had good clay runs in the past. Uh, but something that I really want to mention, last year, in May, he lost a 15K final to Ivan Nedelko. <laughs> then uh what 30 uh, yeah 36 year old already Ivan Nedelko, yeah. the the prince of uganda the legendary uh much fixer sort <laughs> also as well and the legendary you know the um the, the guy who uh famously won the the free ITF <laughs> events in kampala in one year uh an absolute legend of the tour if you uh if you've ever seen him and um like legend, you know, because he's just kind of funny. Like not not actual legend, and the the fact that Vitasov still lost a fifteen k final to him in May last year, two thousand twenty two. Uh, I think it was also in Finland uh yeah it just it just kind of um says it all i think about the progress that otto Vitanen has made over the past 12 months even less because well late may so even 10 months and he is going to be a top 100 player this year probably like almost surely and uh kudos to him for that there's also a friend that i need to a different diego uh, by coincidence uh, who um, we talked about already when it comes to Virtanen last year, when he just in the summer he said that uh, there's no way Otto Virtanen doesn't uh, isn't going to be in the top 100 in like two years. Looks like uh, maybe he's yeah, gonna yeah, be even almost. there, yeah, ahead of the curve. Uh, and honestly, at the time, I remember kind of laughing about it. Like, m- maybe not necessarily saying that it's impossible, but just the certainty was very, very weird for me. Um, I, I don't think even, um, Diego even knew at the time, you know, what, uh, how good Virtanen was going to become, like, or how his game was going to change, was going to change, but still a fantastic prediction if it does happen. And, and there's a very good, nice chance that it does
0: yeah, I mean i've I was probably skeptical when we talked about it. Um, but the he's shown the consistency, the consistency is here, which I didn't expect. I mean the the ground strokes is served. It's always been there. the aggressive game it is relentless. It is amazing as we saw in this final. I mean, it is great to watch, super exciting as a as a force coming into the tour if he's in the Wimbledon main draw, which I expect that he, he probably will. Second week, second uh, week, second to, week. <laughs> he, he, he's going to be a problem. Uh, I'm not going to think second week to right now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um sorry, it was just even though I've never heard him called Mr. Uganda or whatever Tris you call him Uganda. or King of Uganda. Of Uganda. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. Also, I, I completely forgot that he was to and, and yeah. that was right before he went to make the semis of Surbiton. Yeah, I just randomly remembered it uh, today or yesterday.
1: Yeah. I just randomly remembered it. And I was like, no, that, that happened in 2022. No, it's impossible, right? I mean, Virtanen couldn't have yeah, lost to Nedelko in 2022. And I had to check it because like it seemed to me that it had to be last year. But then, no, Virtanen lost to Nedelko in 2022.
0: Why did he play this tournament? Okay. It was in so,
1: Finland, I think. Um, I think it was a 15K okay. in Finland. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, moving on, we go to uh, our finalist Max Purcell, his eighth counter final, first one, uh, not first one, fourth one already this season. He's five and three in those finals. This was a you know interesting run. Where he goes seven six in the third against Baby Zhukayev right away to start the tournament, uh, then beats Mayo in straight sets, gets a retirement from jean Janvier uh, before the, th- the first set tiebreaker, uh, then beats Katz in straight sets as well. And I I thought he was winning this this uh, final against Vitanen after he took the first set, like I I thought that first set was going to be very sort of instructive in how the rest of the match was going to go. Vitan really pleas- pleasantly surprised me and kept fighting for it. Um, And yeah took out purcell up 13 spots number 86 what did you think of purcell's week
1: yeah i mean after the first set he was definitely the favorite and he was just uh from two five down he uh ground down to as you would sort of expect with uh with purcell i suppose uh but um yeah i have some uh, a lot of thoughts about max purcell after this week i still seriously don't think he's gonna do well at the atp level like i think that the slice is a gimmick Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a gimmick, and um gimmicks at the ATP level don't tend to um like fly that well. I also think he's not getting as much out of his serve as like we thought he was. Like uh at the beginning of the year when there was Australian Open Qualities and etc., and he was playing Crucifori, I think we all were just thinking about him as more of a big serve grinder, and he's kinda a grinder in a lot of these matches, like the big serve. I don't know if it really comes into play, you know, when he's playing someone like Mm -hmm. Virtanen, he, Virtanen was in a lot of his service games. I don't know if it's going to click, you know, all week, Purcell was basically, he wasn't playing his best. He was still getting these wins. But that doesn't mean that I don't think he's not, he uh, doesn't have a chance against, uh, you know, to make the top 40, because as I said, I mean, he's going to play these altitude hard events in Mexico, which are very weak. He's going to be in Asia. And he's Asia, defending nothing. And he's defending, yeah, pretty much next to nothing until yeah. like October or something like that. So I think the mm-hmm. top 40 is very doable. I just don't think it's going to be through uh, through huge main tour runs, unless it's on grass, maybe. Wimbledon second week. Per Selvitanen, round four. Who knows? Let's see. <laughs> I, I would love to see
0: it. I mean, I, preferably. I, I'm actually planning to go to Wimbledon, hopefully, oh. um, for, for for a day or two. Well, well, mm-hmm. day or three, actually. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, if, if that's like a like an early early round, I'm I'm there. Per and you will find me there. I will guarantee you this. <laughs> right. Uh, we move on to the semi finalists that we had in. Lille, starting with Mikael Hertz, who made the semis after beating Norbert Gombosz in straight sets, also taking out Jacquet and Celik like The best result of a season so far. What did you think of Hets this week?
1: Yeah, uh, I thought he had a very serious chance of beating Purcell. Of course, it was one of these matches that was just decided by the first set tiebreak. Uh, he also lost to Purcell in Las Vegas. as the Valles. As you know, that very tight match to Kopshiva in Antalya, which he, where he had two match points. So all in all, I think this has been a much stronger, uh, patch of play from, uh, heads, uh, than, than, than the beginning of the year. And hopefully he can also land like a, I guess he's so, sort of already landed a few good results out of it. I mean, quarterfinal in Antalya, semi in Lille, but hopefully, yeah, he can just keep proving that because he's clearly been better, been playing a bit better than, um his results suggest
0: yeah our other semi was the Rodionov, uh, after winning bl last week this week he started by beating lead two in in three uh, three sets then took out this hepper uh beat Diallo from a set down six one on the third but lost his eight win streak after winning just four games against Vittanen. Uh, number eight in the challenger race, though, so it's been you know th- th- this one obviously has helped a lot, but he's building a very nice season for himself. What did you think of Rodionov this week?
1: Yeah, still very much unclear whether this will be the year when he breaks the top one hundred. Of course, there's a Mauthausen challenger dropping soon for him, and I think it was a one it was a, it was a one hundred as well. So uh, quite a lot of points going out there, but um, yeah, if he like won Lille then he would have had a great chance until Malthausen. Of course, he didn't. Uh, he was probably quite a lot tired, you know, quite tired in that fine, in that semi against Vitanen already. But uh, as you said, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, they're shaping up much better for him. And uh yeah, there's there's really no uh nothing stopping him from uh doing it this year, from finally breaking that top 100. And even if he doesn't, he's probably gonna have another 150 finish, like uh like he's had in the past three seasons
0: yeah uh, and over in the doubles we had max purcell win the doubles at least he was on for the double going into sunday uh he won this one alongside jason taylor their first run together taylor's first challenger title of his career for Purcell, his 14th in the final They would be dustin brown and Ohad ohakureshi uh their first final together in their fourth tournament and we go over to Hirona, where we had Ivan Kakhov win the title, uh, beating Gastel Elias in the final. While getting retirement after the first two sets, which they split, for Kakhov, his first Challenger title at 26 years old after 29 ITF finals, uh, which I believe 15 of which he has he has won. 14, uh, 15 is his uh, is his record. Yeah. So he's won
1: 14. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 14 of which. Uh, he was previously 0-3 in challenger semis, but his opponents were Laslo Jetta in 2017, uh, Tseng and Greeks for last season. So he this was definitely the easiest uh, path that he's had there. Uh, but he still he took out some great names. He beat Shelby in in the first round, 6-4 in the third, who had to fight back hard to even qualify. Uh, took out Marozhan after that. Took out Skatov in the quarters. Uh, beat Jesper De Jong, who who showed some very nice form in the semis there and he was at 55 spots number 186 breaking the top 200 what did you think of Gakhov this week
1: yeah um i mean he's always been a bit of a player who i thought was a bit too good for the ITFs and usually didn't really do you know, didn't have a long-lasting impact on the Challenger Tour, as you said three semis, but um, you know, it, it was never really like, I think he only had two seasons where he played like about 20-25 matches on the Challenger Tour or something like that, otherwise he was mostly in the uh, on the Futures Tour, and uh, even in Las Francasas de Valles last week, he already played pretty well on hard courts which is not as natural for him as as clay. I guess mostly of that sort of extreme grip and, um, yeah, just um, the, the big lefty topspin forehand, which was, um, insane this week. Uh, he was the underdog in every single match he played, and as he said, just beating Skatov Maroshan, the young especially who was playing so well this week. Maybe, um, yeah, it's just so huge, and of course, a little weird to win a title like that. He was actually so shocked when he came back from the toilet break and discovered that Elias has retired. But um, yeah, it shouldn't take away from how well he played, and this is his big breakthrough, you know, breaking the top, top the, the top 200. Now going to be a challenger mainstay for a long time um i don't know if more than a year we'll see but um probably at least for like the next 12 months so uh yeah great stuff for him and um very deserved after as you said 14 titles 29 finals i mean itf uh, titles 29 finals he's just been a top tier itf player for years and uh finally we'll we'll get a chance to just yeah uh, play the challenger tour more regularly
0: Yeah, as for Gusto Elias, he's been playing the Challenger regularly over the past decade and and a bit more for sure. 22nd Challenger final for the 32-year-old, 10 and 12 in those finals. His first one outside of Oiraš since November 2017 uh, in Montevideo. His first one was all the way back in September 2011 in Belo Horizonte. Um, obviously, we've seen him become this oilage merchant over the past couple of years, where he's just getting absolutely incredible results there and just doing very little anywhere else. Uh, his chickens have started to come home to roost now, uh, where he has failed to defend this this uh, title. He's come very close, but still he drops down in the rankings uh, by 14 spots, number 236. Uh, on the run itself, though, it was it was really um, impressive, I think, beating Drogue in the straight sets, then Bancaccio 7-6 in the third set, 10-8 in that tiebreaker, then takes out Munar and Martinez back-to-back, back, Martinez 6-4 in the third, just a shame that he couldn't uh, be fully fit in that final, but yeah, what did you think of Elias this week?
1: Yeah, the possibility of dropping these 160 points definitely did something to Gastar Elias's motivation. Uh, like even before yeah. uh, this week, he reached three consecutive quarterfinals on hard courts. Maybe not like many standout wins. Andreev has been pretty, uh, hasn't been healthy. Uh, Quaco maybe in Waco, but still, um, you know, three consecutive quarters, this is something that he hasn't been doing at all last year, as you said, after these back-to-back Eirash titles, he only had one quarter final on clay, of course, and uh, yeah, this week, I think he was uh, like, it was peak Gastão Elias for the most part, especially in the in the match against John Munar, you know, that he was just firing forehand winners at will of course he has like a hit or miss play style so it wasn't always uh, as good in the Branc- in the matches against Brancaccio or Martinez but still he won these uh he saved too much points against Brancaccio was the better player in the final definitely until 7 5 4 all he never faced a breakpoint before that one game where he eventually did and then suddenly because it was a very sudden injury um, had to retire, which, uh, yeah, we'll see if he's, if he's going to play Murcia next week. And as you said, uh, he actually, uh, like even if he won the title, he would have dropped five points. If he can't defend mm-hmm. anything in Murcia next week, then he's going to be outside the top 300. Certainly going to be quite interesting how he fares in Oerash and whether he's be going to be able to play main draw there. Because he might not mm-hmm. be one of the premier choices for the wild cards, you know? So, um, we, we, yeah. I'm mostly talking of course about his age, not, not actually skill. So we'll see, but at least qualifying, he should be able to play. One of the OIrash events is, is a 125 this year. So if he's still the OIrash GOAT, there's some points to gain there, but he can be outside the top 300 after next week. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, to me, he's approaching that sort of trevalia zone, uh, where I think it, it, it's a player that has shown recently enough that he is still a very high level or, 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 or decent enough level that he possesses. But ranking wise, he's outside of the top 300. Uh, he's not a, a wildcard candidate or not at least a strong one, even within his own country. Where I think Portugal now, obviously the the Sosa brothers this year, Enrique Rocha has has played absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean Rocha I definitely
1: will, will will get Oeiras. Warrant
0: cards. cards going forward uh, for the main draw not qualies anymore. Uh, and Actually, so that puts Eliash Eliash is in the
1: main draw of the 125 in Oeiras, um, okay, That has to be said because it, the you know his his ranking from before. Uh, Miami okay. from from before dropping the the first Oierash title counted so he's actually already in the main there so um, yeah that that's good for him for sure
0: but yeah so so, so I think him and Trevalia will find themselves likely in a similar position and I I would hope that they can both make it out at least to the challenger level again at least the slam qualities again uh, but yeah you have to think if you're not playing slam qualities, if you're having to qualify for challengers and you're in your 30s, like, how much longer do you want yeah. to do this? How much longer can you do this if you're losing money out there? Um, so, yeah, this is this is a tough, tough circuit. And when you have big results stacked on top of each other like this and you and you don't replicate them throughout the year, this is what can happen to you here. Uh, yeah, let's talk about our semifinalists, starting with Jesper de Jong, who started qualifying. And he was really impressive on this run. He beat Sanchez-Kover and then 6 uh, 6-2, 6-3, 6-3, 6-2. In the main draw, he continues that type of results. Be- beats Bonadio six two six one, 2 6 2 Then beats Pedro Cachin 7-5, 6-2. Really impressive. Uh, lost in that uh, three-set battle to Gachov. Second challenger semi after Tigre. Uh, early this season, up to number 251 in the rankings. What did you think of De Jong?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I honestly thought he was probably going to like maybe even win the title or at least battle Castao Elias in, in a very competitive, uh, great final. Uh, he's, um, you know, after making the final in Tigre at the beginning of the year, he's uh, mixed it up a bit with the ITF Tour, getting some pretty decent results, of course, uh, with one title at, a, at the 25k level, I think in Portugal. And uh yeah, this this was a very, very strong run all the way until the until the semi uh huge uh just firing from his servant forehand, some huge bombs, and uh yeah, he was just crashing his opposition uh until the Gakov match where he finally managed to go to him, but still uh super impressive. And of course he's a guy who deserves to be in that Grand Slam qualities range 100 percent So uh very good to see him get back on the right track.
0: Yeah, speaking of getting on the right track, Pedro Martinez was our other semifinalist. Uh he beat Campania Lee, Yamas Ruiz and Navone uh to make the semis, his first semifinal on any level since the Santiago two fifty last season, his first Challenger semifinal since September twenty twenty one in Seville. What did you think of Martinez this week?
1: Um, yeah, he was definitely quite far off his best. Uh, I wonder if he maybe even played his best match against Elias in the semis. But maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, but he was still playing much better than guys like Campania, Lior, Llamas, Ruiz. He was just struggling to finish off these matches. Uh, but of course, at this stage, making the semis, getting so much playtime is definitely a, um, a good thing for him. Um, he, uh, well... He, he has fallen a lot, like from a top 40 player outside the top 100. And that, mm. as you said, I mean, it's basically all been in like a year. Um, has this week showed us that he can pet, get back up there? Not really, uh, but it's a start.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely for him to start to, you know, uh, it's good for him to regain the confidence and stuff. Yeah. He had like a random quarterfinals run in, in Pune. To start the year, but uh his level since then and, and overall this year has been really quite poor. Uh over in the doubles, we had Yuki Bambi and Saketh Mineni win the title. Uh their second challenger title this season after they won Nontaburi, their seventh one together overall after winning five last year. In the final here, they beat Inigo Cervantes and Orioro Capataya, their sixth challenger final together first one this season they're actually defending the Murcia title next week so this was pretty pretty big for for both of them keeping that ranking up uh yeah let's go to match of the week and upset of the week where would you like to start
1: I have my match of the week chosen so that's where I want to start um of course as, as usual I also put out the poll and I think it's aligning with what I want to want to talk about it is in fact and uh yeah uh, before uh before Sunday I thought I was gonna choose copants against Pirosh I really enjoyed that one as just like as in Sekech uh, for uh although, of course, this time not uh, on site, frankly, uh, um, sadly. And uh, I'm actually going to go with Wirtelen over Purcell in the final in Lille. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just so awesome to see how smart Vitalen played in the insets two and three. Nice clash of styles as well, which I think we're going to see a lot with Purcell, where he, yeah, he's just so weird that where, where, where when he's going to play someone with a very like specific game type as well, then it's going to be, uh, yeah, just exciting to see how this matches up. And, um, after this final, I was legitimately proud of Otto Wittanen so um yeah that was some uh, nice emotions uh for me uh when when he won it. not necessarily that uh, I would have had anything against Purcell taking the title uh I was just like really impressed with what uh Wittanen did
0: yeah I'm gonna have to join you on that one I feel like highest quality highest sort of uh, impact maybe in, in in terms of two players who I think are going to be top 100 players very soon or or higher in the near future. I think it's always exciting when we get that at this level. Uh, and we saw Vitanen, uh, uh, you know, overcome that lost tie break and in a situation where we both thought maybe he crumbles or in the past he might have actually crumbled. He perseveres, he fights back, and he maintains a higher level than, than does So great to see from him. Uh, Yeah, as for upset of the week, do you
1: have one picked out? Um, I didn't, but I guess I already have. According to the bookies, it was Elias over Munar. Mm, Uh, Yeah, I I guess it kind of makes sense. I think the reason why I don't see it as that big of an upset is because I just have in mind what Castell Elias played this week. But, you know, by the time he reached the quarters and played Munar, I didn't see that. I haven't seen that yet. I hadn't seen that yet, so I I, I was kind of shocked. I think I might want to go with Gaia over Westler anyway, though. I did not see this match, but just, just yeah, the the scoreline in the second set uh is just absurd, and I have no clue how that happened. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I will actually go for for that one for for Gaia over Westler. Um, I mean I'm pretty sure I picked Wesla, so, yeah, so I was did. upset by it as it happened. Um and I picked yeah, Moonara
1: also, so you know, we were both upset by the two biggest upsets this week.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, Ga- Gaio, I mean I, I guess I just don't think of him as like a altitude guy at all. And and for him to go beat out Wesler in, in this big spot for Wesler when he's trying to uh, you know defending a lot of points and all of that, uh, it was quite disappointing for me. Uh, yeah, let's go to the previews. Our winners' picks. We have three uh, events, all seventy fives: Batleta, Murcia, and San Luis Potosi. Um, yeah, in the in the leaderboards, I have uh, increased my lead by one, and I lead eleven to nine. But we both added a point with Vietnam, which I'm always uh, glad to see when that happens. Uh, make ourselves look better, get our you know percentages up, and stuff. yeah. So, all right, let's go to Batletta with the top. See this Alexander Shevchenko facing Juan Bautista Torres. He will then face Federico Annabaldi or Gintaro Mochizuki. In his section, there's also Snei playing a qualifier and Jean Borpiros, who will probably be the, the main uh, problem in there, uh, also playing a qualifier. Second section, we have Agamemnone playing James McCabe and then Jackie Giorgi, or Gigante. Then we have Lokoli playing Gianluca Magier, and then Droge or a qualifier. Third section, Benoit Pere is the fourth seed here, playing Rodriguez Tavedna, could uh, then face Dane Sweeney, or a qualifier. Francesco Maestrelli plays Andrea Pellegrino, and then Nino Sederosic, or a qualifier. Final section, Filip Misolic is the second seed, playing Mariano Navone, and then Casanova or Jonel. Uh, Flavico Bolli with a wild card is the eighth seed, playing a qualifier, and then Steven Diaz or Philip Cristian Ciano. In the qualifying, we have guys like your favorite, uh, Jeremian or Jeremian, he beat Vashiro. Uh, So he's going to uh, battle for a spot. Also the aforementioned Travalia will, will fight for one. As well, Kashnikovsky. Caruso, plays Jacopo Berettini. Uh Eshargi is also in here playing Napolitano. Over in the doubles, we have Dřevěcky and Valkov, the top seeds, playing Jacopo Berettini and Flavio Koboli, uh, who are here as wild cards. Uh, Igor Zelena is playing with Ergi Kirkin. Don't, don't know if I, if I love that. Uh, <laughs> theme, but <laughs> I mean, you, you know what? It's it's clay. I, mean, I don't think Zelenay is Kier going King to win another
1: just, clay. King has just had some that's incredible true. results with Aga Bigun, so <laughs> that's that's true. I guess yeah, Zelenay I mean, just I, you know Zelenay just pulled up his I don't know tennis explorer or whatever profile, and so oh, this guy must be good at doubles.
0: <laughs> the, Dominic Rabati somehow instigated this, I because I don't know how else the two would know each other. Uh, I mean, they,
1: they played a lot of t- challengers, probably like, uh, you know, the same events, right? I, I'd i yeah, assume.
0: I don't know. At least some. I guess. Uh, we have Luterovic and Manafov as the third seeds. Then we have an interesting fourth seed here. Konstantin Fransen and Luke Johnson team up. Uh, they've both been part of other um, uh, teams throughout the season. Jo- Johnson uh, has been playing with Ferbeig. Fransen has been playing with Yebens, who's been one of the top doubles players this season. Uh, second seed we have Zdenikolač and Denis Molchenov teaming up, uh, also Gigante and Maestrelli. That, that's a fun pairing, but back to the singles, who are you picking for the title?
1: Yeah, I hope Max Krasnikowski qualifies this time, but I'm not picking him for the title. Uh, Oklepo is pretty tough in the final qualifiers round though. Um, when I'm looking at this draw, I'm mostly trying to think, like, how am I not going to pick Alexander Shevchenko, whom, of course, I had picked in Sanremo? He was supposed to, he was in the same quarter as Van but he lost to Alexander Miller in the second round, which wasn't a great showing. He did play pretty well against Seng in the opening round, though. Um, yeah, I guess Pirosh is a bit of an argument, but still he, he needs to get to the quality, uh, to the quarters. Uh, Like, in the second quarter, there's not a single player that I could possibly pick for the title. It's impossible. Like, Mager, Lokoli, Agamemnon, I just think all of these guys, if they get to the semis, they're going to lose to Shevchenko or Pirosh. Um, and maybe in the bottom half, there are a, cu- there are a couple. Does Benoit um, have the patience to grind on clay right now? I don't know. Last time he played Rodriguez Taverna, it was like crazy. They uh, they started fighting or something like that in Tenerife. Uh, Maestrelin, yeah, not, re- not really in great shape. Pellegrino, this very well could be another you know week where Pellegrino just suddenly kills the field. Why not? Kobolita uh, could have a good chance too, because I just like his draw. Uh, but all in all, I think I just still have to go with Shevchenko. I don't really uh, see many other options that I would feel any confident about. Um, maybe Pellegrino, but you know, with Pellegrino, you're always kind of shooting in the dark.
0: All right, that, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Top seat. Don't know if I'd expect that from you, but here we are. Uh, I mean, but but I do agree with you. I I kind of hate this draw a lot. Uh, we have Perrin here, Maestelli is playing Pellegrino, which I I don't like that they play. There are He's so
1: many seeds him. that are so weak, right? Like, Misolic yeah, well is not playing Misolic is weak seat, a weak seed. Nivone is probably right the favorite against him, right? Yeah, it yeah.
0: yeah. should be. Kaboli uh, took like a heavy loss last week. so I'm going Actually, Misolic is the
1: favorite, according to the bookies, but I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see about that. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, I go back to this first quarter and who I actually like more than Shevchenko is jean Piroche. Uh Level-wise, compar- compar- comparatively what they showed us last week uh, Pirosh beat Anandi in Kovalik played a very tight match with Kopeyansk which he lost Shevchenko won a match lost to Muller in straight sets uh, They actually also played each other last April with Pirosh winning 7-6-6-2 in a quarter-final match so I think that's telling me something and it's telling me to pick jean Bor Pirosh for the title here
1: I respect that. Uh, hopefully, this time we get uh, actually we get a match up of our peaks, not like with Shevchenko and Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody would put a stop to that.
1: A quarter as uh, um, but... a qualifier, like one of the qualifiers, yeah, well, you know, Trifalía or someone. Yeah.
0: Uh, we go over to Murcia. We have Borna Goyo as the top seed playing Nicolas Alvarez Varona, winner, could then face an interesting, really fun first round here. Ivan Gakov uh, coming off of a title against Martin Landaluse, uh, who has, has a wild card here. Then we have Richard playing uh, Mikhail Hetz, and then one of two qualifiers. <clears throat> Kaichi Uchida plays Mark Pomans, and then Daniel Duta da Silva or Gerard lee We have Justino as the eighth seed playing qualifier, and then Jean Dominguez or Abdullah Shelbych. Then we have Bancaccio playing a qualifier and then Roca Batalla or another qualifier. Coyarini plays a qualifier and Kyle Edmund has a wild card here, which is pretty fun. He's playing Marco Trunheiti, so that's not going to be an easy opener, I don't think, for him at all. Uh, Matteo Arnaldi plays the 95% retired Feliciano Lopez uh, in here with a wild card. That's always fun to see. Uh, Over, under Lopez games in this match, five and a half. What do you go, over or under?
1: over uh, he has like done surprisingly well uh i know it's clay but i think he's actually gonna win like i don't know seven eight something like that.
0: all right all right um really nice uh winner of that match plays Kopayans or omar jessica and relaxen plays a qualifier and then gabriel debru or michael kushkin uh going over to the qualifying we have jesper deong as the big fish coming off of the semi uh, we also have Moro Kanyas in their bootvielage beat Karlovsky in the third set tiebreaker. Uh, we also have Jemaz Ruiz or Durasovic over in the doubles. We have Niklas Salmian and Bat Stevens as the top seeds, one of the best teams of the year so far. We also have Nam and Song. Uh, we have Billy Harris and Santelan, who actually played each other in the first round of qualifying here. Uh, Cervantes and Norco Batalla. Uh, are, are going to try and defend their title with Bortolotti and Martos Gornes playing Cuarini and copians which is an interesting team up but going back to the singles, who do you like for the title in Murcia?
1: Yeah, frankly you could even like try going for some qualifiers but you never know where they're going to land but you know, guys like De Jong, maybe even um, Yamas Ruiz, Moro Kanas, like they're actually capable of winning this sort of quality of the draw I think that but... Um, they still wouldn't be likely, uh, so I'm I'm not going to. Plus, um, yeah, you, you, um, either of these guys I could really pick. Probably De Young would be the prime contender given what he just did in um, Murcia, not Murcia but Girona. This is Murcia. Goyo, I don't really think that on clay he's gonna be um that good. And Alvarez Varona is a nasty first round um who else can i really pick here i'm wondering in the second half there's like uh, sorry the second quarter there's literally no one that i want to pick uh campania lee i think has a very uh good chance against total de silva here definitely much better than than he had against martinez um i want to watch that for sure in the third quarter there's brancaccio Coerini. i'd see a quarterfinal like that but do i think these guys are winning the title you know they could for sure um Maybe, actually, I, I I could. No, I I think I'm just going to go with Arnaldi. Because other than Kopejan's, this quarter is just uh, really good for him. Uh, there's basically no one he should be really afraid of. You know, Lopez at the stage of his career. I don't know if he can beat him. He can probably win a few games, maybe, with the crowd. If, I don't know if Murcia is going to have big crowds. Kukushkin <laughs> on clay, Laksonen. De bruna no, I, I i'm not really buying it and this would be a very very good chance for arnaldi if only he can get through copyance so um i think that's what i'm gonna go with and uh, i'm just looking at whether it would give him a top 100 debut and it would be very very close if he won this title
0: yeah it, it, this is an interesting one i sort of halfway through realized that i hadn't checked if this is a hardcore or a clay one and I couldn't really tell based on the field. Like this is such an, such a weird hard court feeling field for this clay event uh, which I think makes it tough to, to pick somebody and he and is a good pick. But I'm going to try and not match you and I will go with maybe slightly silly, I might look a bit dumb for this, but I'll go with Alban Uh The third seed, uh, obviously we've seen him play at a very high level uh, this season already and that was on, on hard courts, now he gets to go back to clay which is his strongest surface. Uh, last week he pushed Gastel Elias all the way, and Elias was, you know, uh, made it all the way to the final there. So I think with this somewhat easier draw in the first two rounds for sure, I think that Brancaccio could could make it could make it through. He also beat Adnaldi on his San Benedetto Ran uh, last year, where he won his title, his first one. So yeah, let's 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 see what happens here with Raul Brancaccio.
1: I'm going to have to tell you that um, if someone is going to think of you less because you picked Brancaccio, it's not going to be me, because Brancaccio was going to be my second pick after Arnaldi, so um, I totally get that.
0: All right, and we go over to San Luis Potosi, which is also on clay. We have James Duckworth as the top seed playing Tiago Agustin Pirante. that's a big first round. Winner will face Aziz Dugas or Francisco Covessania. Another first big round that we teased earlier is Facundo Mena. The fifth seed is Jan Hoensky. Winner plays Reis da Silva or Adam Walton. We have Renzo Olivo playing a qualifier and then Jason Jacques or Maximilian Neukrist. Nox- we have Nick Hart playing a qualifier and then Kepfer or Bruchaga. We have Tomas Barrios-Vera playing a qualifier and then wildcard Lukapui uh facing Elmar Eupović. Uh, Pablo Bofikovic was a qualifier and then Nicolas Mejia or Murkel Delien. Uh, we have Antoine Bellier, the second seed, playing Bernard Tomic. Once against, in as the wild card, drawn against the second seed. Uh, winner will play Terence Atman or a qualifier. Rion uh, Noguchi is the sixth seed, playing Pacheco Mendes. And then Adolfo Daniel Vallejo or a qualifier. In the qualifying, uh, which I think is being played right now, we have Mpechi Pericard reaching the final qualifying round again. Uh, we also have Aboyan uh, who pushed um who pushed Kepfer uh to a to a 6-4 in the third last week. He's he's back in the final qualifying round here. Uh we have Yevseev, Gaio. Uh Gallerino is still in play over in the doubles. We have Gonzalez and Evan King who reached the final last week. They play actually Gallerino and Lawson, which is an interesting one. Uh, we have Neukrist and per kissed as the fourth seeds. Um, Arias and Zebagos are, are in the second seeds. But going back to the singles, who do you think is going to win it all here in San Luis Potosi?
1: Yeah, I don't think Dimitri Popka survived the opening round of the qualifying though, so... Um, we're all very, uh, very sad to see that. Uh, actually, 6162-Kipson. Actually, kind of, but yeah. 6 one to Kipson is, is not great. Um, Honestly, super tough to pick from this, and that's mostly the fact that you never really know what's going to happen on these Altitude Clay events, I think. And uh yeah, I'm very tempted to do something that I think I will actually do. I'm going to get to it in a second. Like honestly, Duckworth Tirante, I kind of agree with Tirante being a slight favorite. Duckworth probably isn't great in these conditions, but do I think Tirante is winning the event? It's possible. Ho- Ho- I'm not sure if I agree with Hoinski being the favorite, but still, I don't want to pick out of this. Definitely not. Um, in the second quarter, maybe Olivo is pretty uh, interesting because, well, he is surprisingly good on altitude clay, despite not really having that sort of a game. Uh, Mejia, of course, is an excellent altitude player. Fikovic as well. Barrios did pretty well, uh, losing Tony to Kepfer, right? i Pui, I'm, I'm not going for now. But I really like the section for Antoine Vallier. I mean, I think that Antoine Belier, if it wasn't for like that big clay run, he would really, allow, you know, that, that one big title last year, San Luis Potosi, he would have a very hard time ever breaking into the top 200. Like, I think uh, it mm-hmm. was a bit random. He is a servant volleyer, but, you know, he is kind of stiff at the net. Still, altitude this really plays into his hands and the draw is pretty nice you know Atmana maybe could be dangerous tommy did not do anything against tirante so i'm also not assuming that I'm, I'm also assuming that on um yeah he's just not gonna do well on even in these clay conditions so yeah I, i'm gonna go with antoine bellier I have very little confidence. Um, I think these altitude clay at least events are going to be very unpredictable. We'll see how it's going to be in the altitude hardcore events where probably we're going to just be snap-peaking Max Purcell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to join you on this one here with, with Bellier actually, which is interesting because you're so not confident in it. But ultimately, I just think his section is very, very weak. So he should make it to the semis. He's playing for, uh, you know, his ranking, his top 200 spot right now. Uh, this is one of his big two results, along with the Majorca semis, which he reached. Um, yeah, I, I don't really see a reason why. Once he's in the semis, it can be anybody in there. But yeah, I don't really see a reason why not Antoine Bellier in in this tournament here.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's going to be it for today. We've picked some uh, players who you now know are not going to win <laughs> next week's events. No, we're actually not that bad. I'm kind of joking, especially Jakub, of course, who just got two points last week and got three out of four. It, it, it can
0: all change this week, though. Well, I mean, you, you can't tie me. I can only week, so tie.
1: Yeah. But you also got, you also, all, got, you also got three out of four in one of the weeks. So, um, you know, my confidence isn't at its <laughs> highest right now. But anyway, um, we're going to see you guys, of course, in a week. And thanks for staying, especially if you stayed until the thanks for listening. And especially if you stayed until the end, we're going to see you in a week uh, when we're going to be back to discuss Barletta Murcia, San Luis Potosi. And yeah, see ya.
0: Bye.